Welcome everyone to Edge Talk Radio. I am here today with Art Geyser and we are going to going to have a lot of fun for one thing, that I know. But Art is here. We're going to be talking about universal energies to transform your life. So I am here. I'm Angela Zabel and I am, who am I? I am been connected to spirit my entire life. I've been working with the team in the, in the non-physical, sharing messages from a multitude of realms with people all around the world. I am a teacher, coach, medium. I do radio show host, writer, retreat host, gallery reader, and I do speaking engagements, offering guidance, mediumship, intuition with online, private, and group sessions. I also have the Amplified Universe monthly membership, which we are going in deep, connecting. This is all about connecting to us, connecting to our world and all that's around us, and finding out our role in our world and our role as we go forward, sharing knowledge with people throughout the world. You can find me on pretty much all the social media aspects, but the biggest thing, go to my website, angelazabel.com, and you'll be able to connect to everything from there. And today we are here with Edge Talk Radio. So Edge Magazine is the leading events and media resources dedicated to all aspects of holistic living, health and wellness, and the mysteries beyond. Sharing information, wisdom and resources committed to promoting businesses, organizations, and individuals who support our collective journey to wholeness and balance, which we all need balance in these days going forward. <laughs> and you can find out more about Edge Magazine at edgemagazine.net. And today we are here with, uh, with Art Geyser, and he is a visionary powerhouse with a lifetime of diverse experiences that have shaped him into a true trailblazer. With the impressive background spanning 39 years, Art has immersed himself into the realms of NLP, scientific exploration, psychic development, and the profound energetic art and spiritual hearing healing. His journey has been nothing short of extraordinary. In his earlier years, Art's curiosity led him to his role as a research lab manager at the esteemed University of California, San Francisco Medical School for 11 years. This foundational experience sparked a lifelong passion for understanding unseen dimensions that shape our reality. As an executive coach, Art has become a valuable whoops, has become an invaluable asset to some of the world's largest corporations. His unique approach empowers leaders and fosters the creative creation of highly collaborative and high-performing teams. Drawing from his rich tapestry of knowledge, he has crafted an innovative approach to coaching that transcends the boundaries of conventional methods. This has earned him a reputation as a sought-after mentor for those seeking informative growth and profound shifts in both their personal and professional lives. Some of his clients include Sony, HP, Intel, Pfizer, and Merrill Lynch. But what truly sets art apart is his undeniable spirit of joy and playfulness, which I really like that. <laughs> his infectious enthusiasm has fueled the creation of the energetic NLP, a groundbreaking methodology that empowers people to rapidly and effortlessly unleash their fullest potential. Through this approach, art guides others to release their limiting beliefs and shed old energetic programming that no longer serves them allowing them to tap into their miraculous self. 
their most authentic and powerful essence, allowing them to create and move themselves forward. Currently splitting his time between the vibrant cities of Los Angeles and San Francisco, Art's influence reaches far beyond geographical borders. With a global clientele, he regularly conducts life-changing, intensive, transformative retreats, captivated online seminars, and personalized training sessions. Art's teachings have captivated audiences worldwide. Art is not only just an exceptional teacher and mentor, he's a beacon of inspiration and empowerment. With a life dedicated to helping others unleash their true potential, embrace their inner brilliance, he continues to be a guiding light for countless individuals seeking to rewrite their life's narratives. Whether you encounter him in the classroom, at a workshop, or through the pages of his profound writing, one thing is certain, Art's influence will leave an indelible mark on your soul and ignite a transformative spark that will guide you to greater heights of self-discovery and empowerment. You can find out more about Art at energeticnlp.com. He is also on LinkedIn and Facebook. And as, as you're going to be listening to this, he's also going to be offering a free gift to you. It's a revolutionary free energetic NLP blockbuster video mini series. So definitely check into that and don't worry about writing all this down. It'll all be in the links below. So you'll be okay. Take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I am so thankful. Thank you so much for being here today, Art. And I'm just wondering, how did you go from being this coach and doing all this to getting into the NLP? Well, I, I, since I was little, I was always interested in, in two things. One was science and the other, and my father was one of the really early computer guys. I was interested in science, technology, but I was also very interested in the mystical. And I just knew that things like ESP and clairvoyance were real. And, uh, and I knew there were all these powers of the unconscious mind. I was hypnotizing friends when I was in grade school, my friends and my cousins. And How did that my, go over? <laughs> Well, it's funny. My mom told me I'd forgotten this, but um, she took me to the library one time and I tried to check out a book on hypnosis, but I was so young, the librarian wouldn't let me check it out. So my mom checked it out for me. And my mom said the librarian gave her the, you're this, you're a terrible mother. <laughs> Sounds like a great uh, mother to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. And, um, um, and I had different Actually, I gave a friend of mine accidentally a whole out-of-body spiritual experience. And after that, I realized, I think I better learn more about what I'm doing. But I had a degree in biology, didn't know what to do with myself. So um, I ended up getting a research job and ended up managing this research lab for the University of California Medical School in San Francisco. And then I got stuck for years and years and years. <laughs> yeah. And this was back in the days when you you, know, you thought you had to have a life career mm. and just yes. nothing seemed right to me. I was interested in things like psychology, but they always seemed so sort of dogmatic and this is the way people are. And it never felt true to me. And I was actually kind of afraid to really explore the whole energetic psychic part because of the old idea that only a few special people were born with these gifts and the rest of us were out of luck. So I was actually, kind of afraid to find out that I wasn't one of those people. I mean, it sounds so stupid now to me. But that was the way it was. That's what you were told at that point. Yeah. And even not 
very recently it's like and even now people still think only certain people have gifts it, which yeah i don't agree with <laughs> oh i know it, it makes me crazy it's sort of like everybody it's not everybody's path or interest but everybody can do miraculous things energetically spiritually psychically uh you know if you know it's, you teach people how to do it i teach people how to do it you know it, it's a, a very learnable thing and um for me, though, what happened, I went to a talk on intuition and there was a break during the talk and the talk was just OK. And there were there was a table where they were selling all these books on intuition, which will come back in the story in a moment. So I went out in the hallway and being this was back in 1983. So there were a thing called bulletin boards with flyers on them. You know, very primitive. Oh, yeah, the, the old way of, of communicating. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'd always believed that something was just going to appear. It was going to change my life. But as the years went on, I thought, maybe I'm just kidding myself and maybe I'm just stuck. And Well, I was stuck. And I'm reading these flyers and one of them said neuro-linguistic programming. And it literally felt like a bolt of lightning hit me on top of the head and went down my midline. I mean, boom. <laughs> and um, in the I was kind of stunned. And the scientist in me was going, what was that? And the mystic in me was going, what was the sign? What do you think? Anything it was. <laughs> so I walk back in and I I'm still kind of stunned and I'm looking at all these books on the table, and all of the books are on intuition except for one of the books. And that one book is on NLP, neuro programming. I thought, okay, I can't ignore this. So I bought the book and then everything in my life changed. <laughs> it's funny how those signs sometimes are very big <laughs> if you're willing to listen. <laughs> yeah. This one I it was like, as I was really like, you hear about the gods sending down lightning bolts. It felt like that, like, boom. You know? <laughs> it's like, wake up. Okay. <laughs> I like the fact that you were at an intuition workshop or an intuition class and, and working on your intuition and then you followed it. You did really good that day, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, thank you, yes. I think you got an A. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's true, yeah. <laughs> so as you started so you have nlp so for those of you who don't know i know you said what it was but can you explain a little deeper like what is nlp and what does it do yeah so i'll in a moment i'll explain what energetic nlp is because it's different but nlp is a part of it and nlp stands for neuro linguistic programming and i always tell people if you've never heard of it you've heard of the most famous person in our field who is tony robbins now, he has his own value system and his own, I'm going to dominate you. Into, I mean, literally, he said, I dominate people into changing. Yeah. <laughs> I, ironic. Um, I mean, he's helped a ton of people. But um, uh, but the, the core of his ability to transform people's lives come from his study of NLP. And I've been an NLP trainer since 1985. I studied with all the developers of NLP. And some people nowadays think that NLP is oh, it's this evil thing about manipulation. Mm -hmm. That's not what NLP was designed for. It's like anything powerful. Spirituality is used for manipulation. Psychology is used for manipulation. Philosophy, science, you know, anything powerful will be misused. And and there are people who, you know, had NLP things out like, you know, you can get any woman you want, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And um, so... A lot of people thought that that was what NLP was. And NLP is the study of the subjective nature of the mind. 
It's like how people build their internal reality. And a lot of people think NLP is the techniques from NLP, but NLP itself is the study of how people create their inner world and how that affects everything in their life, how it creates their problems and their skills. And that because you can take a hundred people, put them in the exact same life circumstances, and they can have a hundred different responses. And so in NLP, we look at how are you structuring your inner world? It's either causing you problems or, or, or creating skills. If it's creating skills, then you can teach other people how to do it. And it's an incredible tool for making really deep changes in, in life. And it's missing something, which I realized early on. And the strength and weakness of NLP is you treat everything as being generated by your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, and, and your physiology. Well, as you know, um, that's not the whole story. No, <laughs> no, that, no not even close. <laughs> not even close. And that we're energetically programmed. We're spiritually programmed. We have karma, spiritual contracts. We're chock full of other people's energy and programming from ancestors, from family, from people later in our lives. So that um, just because you're feeling something doesn't mean that it's your genuine emotion. Often it's not. Um, just because you're thinking something doesn't mean it's your genuine thought. So when you add NLP in with spiritual principles, healing and transformative energy work, psychic work, channeling, then uh, you get this whole unique system where everything affects everything else. And one example of that is there's a lot of people doing really wonderful spiritual energy work out there. And for me, they're always telling me this is the way things are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they've just come down from Mount Sinai with the tablets, you know, and often I'll think, well, those are nice ideas, but I don't, I don't think that's some kind of absolute truth. And in fact, I don't think you can grasp the really absolute truths. You can only try to get close to them. I, I agree. I, I think it's the it may be the truth for them, but not for the people around them, not for other people. Well, and I made up a term beliefs du jour, like soup du jour. Yeah. So yeah. these are the beliefs that work for me right now. That doesn't mean they're right. ultimate beliefs, but they they're moving me forward at this point in time, and then I'll get better beliefs. Absolutely. And them differently. Um and NLP, that's one of the things I brought from NLP into the spiritual and energetic work is NLP, unlike traditional psychology, went, these aren't ultimate truths. These are just models for how people behave and think and feel and use the models where they work, where they don't work, change them. And I I remember thinking, finally, (laughs) (laughs) you know, realized that these are just theories. And, um, so I bring that over into the energetic work. In, in fact, in my training programs, I have something called the Energetic NLP Pledge, and they pledge that they won't believe anything I tell them. I like that. <laughs> and I go, I don't. Be- I'm telling you what I think. I don't believe it. I, you know, it's this is what I think today. Let's explore it. But my goal is always that people connect more with their spiritual information and their inner wisdom, and that. I think what a great teacher can do is help you find that, you know. I love that. That that's one thing I stress when I'm working with people is I tell them I'm going to teach you different ways. I'm going to teach you multiple different ways to do the connection. 
I don't want you to do what I do. I want you to take those multiple ways. That's your basis to start with and then grow it from there. Change it from there. Make it yours. You should be doing things whatever works for you. And and I like that too, where your beliefs today, my beliefs today could be different tomorrow. <laughs> so allow me to change because I'm always learning. And I'm, I'm sure you are too. You're always learning. You're always expanding. So why would you believe the same thing now that you did then? I I, I have to say, yay. To what you're saying. <laughs> I love it. And that, um, and to me, it'd be like, if five years from now, I believed exactly what I believe now and be like, well, what was I doing for five years? You know, even if the words are the same, you know, our understanding of it, it will keep evolving and growing if, if we're open to that. Absolutely. Understanding that deeper aspect, even like I said, even understanding the simple things like how snow, how it snows, because I'm in Wisconsin, how does it snow? How does the weather yeah. work? But then as you go in deeper and look at the what is the energy of the snow? What is the energy of the clouds? There, there's a whole nother layer of it that you never would have thought it before, but it's still snowing. But now you have a different idea of what the snow is, I guess, just for a, a, a different sort of example. <laughs> no, I, I think that's perfect. Um, like Deepak Chopra has a, a quote, something to the effect of in the West, we often confuse mechanism with cause. And the Similar to your snow, I always like to use the example of a rainbow. So for most of human history, the gods are talking to us. And then and then we went, no, it's refracted light, which doesn't mean that it's not a sign. <laughs> it just means that's a mechanism. But um, yeah, I'm a great believer in signs. <laughs> And there are a lot of signs when you're open, when you're using your intuition, like you said, when you're using your intuition and you've been, at what point were you, were you always using your intuition along the way? Was it something where then you kind of started realizing there's a little bit more to intuition and adding it in? How did that come online? Well, I mean, when I was young, I'm not one of those people that I was talking to the angels when I was a kid or anything, but, but I, I did believe that there was this whole mystical reality. And I, I definitely believed in, you know, ESP and telepathy. And I, I, I knew that I just knew all that kind of thing was true, but I, I didn't particularly develop it. You know, I look back on, and so I remember like in eighth grade, I, I, I went to a new school and I was in my first class and I saw a guy in the class and there was nothing about him physically that interested me. And then, you know, I mean, it wasn't, he didn't stand out to me, but I looked at him and I knew like, oh, he's going to be one of my best friends, you know? And, and so things like that would happen. And, and, and he was for many, many years. Um, in fact, I saw him at a high school reunion just a few weeks ago, but, um, <laughs> um, but I, I, but things like that would happen where I just know, but I wasn't one of those people that, you know, was talking to the angels and, and all that. But when I was in college, I, um, went through a period of a couple of months of, uh, uh, of feeling very challenged on all kinds of levels about who I was and how the world worked and everything. And I spontaneously went through a period of time where, so I'd go to the library to study. And, you know, and at that age, you're either studying or you're checking people out. You know? <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, I would be studying and you know how when the doctor hits your knee and your, your leg moves? I'd be studying, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden my head would go, and no thought. It would just turn. 
And when my head would stop, I'd be staring straight in somebody's eyes and they wouldn't have time to look away. So they'd jump and I'd jump. <laughs> and I actually stopped going to the library for a while because it was freaking people out. <laughs> you know, So I knew that, and, and these would be people like behind me. So it wasn't like they were in my peripheral vision. There was no way I could know. And it wasn't a thought. It was, an, it was just action. But I didn't know what to do with that. And, and things were weird enough already for me. So I just turned it off for years. And, you know, that's pretty common with people, though, because it, it gets sometimes so strong at certain points in their life where they're like, that's oh, kind of freaking me out. I'm going to turn it off. I turned it off for many years or I turned it down, I should say, because I couldn't get it turned off. But right. I turned, And I think that's very common for a lot of people when it freaks them out, they kind of turn it off and then, you know, kind of backpedal a little bit. So I I, I think that will help people to yeah. know everybody kind of goes through that. I I don't know anybody who really has it. Maybe there's some out there. Let me know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because yeah, it, it's it's a, from an NLP standpoint, it was a good strategy. I, I didn't. It wasn't like I could go on the internet and look things up, and I wasn't aware of classes or anything. So I, I, I didn't have any guidance, and I, I think it was a really good thing that I shut it down because I, I didn't. You know, as, as you know, energy work is wonderful and safe if you know the basics absolutely don't know the basics which unfortunately my first real teacher opened me up and I in two days I could do amazing things didn't teach me how to do it safely <laughs> and you know that that's that's the thing is shutting it down when it doesn't feel safe anymore or when you're old all of a sudden everything comes in because when you start opening up everything comes in <laughs> it's <laughs> and you need to know that you do have the the power within yourself to say, oh, I don't like that, go away, or I don't want to deal with that anymore. But a lot of people don't know that. No, and, and even uh, people who do a lot of energy work, and I was lucky enough to be taught the idea that everybody's the sovereign of their energy field. So, you know, people talk about energy vampires and all that. And I, I understand why they say that, but I'll tell people, nobody can hold on to your energy unless something in you is letting them. And nobody's energy can stay stuck in your energy field unless something's letting them. Now, Thank we'll come you. you know, Thank there's, you. A, there's a lot to, you know, we call it Velcro. There's a lot to hook into, you know, yeah. beliefs. And, you know, uh, particularly for women, but for a lot of us men, too, we think we're supposed to help other people. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot of past life um, ideas that you heal other people by taking on their stuff, you know. Right. Wrong past life idea. Wrong yes, ideas. Right. Yes, like, <laughs> in fact, I had a wonderful mentor, a woman named Hazel, and she would bring things up we weren't talking about. And and, and this I met her through NLP. She was one of the assistants. And I don't know quite how to describe her. She was just amazing. You know? <laughs> to say she, she was psychic doesn't begin to cover it. But um, one day she goes, it's so cute how you do healing. And um. <laughs> You know, I'm like 33 and I'm not after being cute. You know, <laughs> I was macho. You know, at my age now, I'm like, great. But then, you know, um, and I go, what do you mean? And she goes, well, it's so old fashioned. Strike two. You know? <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? And she you goes, like this person? <laughs> well, she was having fun with me. And um, uh, she really knew how to influence me. And, and she went, from past lives, you take other people's energy on and heal it in your body. She goes, this is the new age. 
their healing happens in their body and you don't use your energy, use earth and universal energies to heal them, but you're using your own energies and you're taking on theirs, which is why you're having all these problems start to develop because they're not your problems. <laughs> you know? I'm going like, oh, okay, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> he sounds like a very smart woman. <laughs> oh, she's, she was profound. You know? <laughs> I love it. You know, and having those teachers, those mentors along the way to help just to understand the energy. And I think that's something that's really key for you, having you where you are now, helping people to understand the energy that's around them, helping them to understand, you know, when you're talking Nero, I'm assuming you're talking the Nero connections within your brain or within your body, the Nero connections. Is that correct? Yes. And, um, even more, I mean, definitely that's part of it, but even more the patterns by which we think, most of which are unconsciously developed, so we don't even think they're patterns. And in NLP, you would say anything that you do well, it's because you have patterns in your mind that work for that particular thing, things you have trouble with. So like I had a, a woman one time, this is back in the 80s, and she came in very sharp, professional looking woman, and she goes, she goes, I'm a successful businesswoman. I'm not bragging. I am. And I'm smart again. And she goes, how come I can't do math? <laughs> and, um, she goes, I meet men that are half as smart as I am. They can do math. Why can't I? And from an NLP viewpoint, I, I found out how she thought about math. And I go, nobody could do math well the way you're thinking about it. And, and, and you might get amused by this. The way she did math is, you know, they would give you stories and examples. Yes. She'd memorize the stories. And the only way she could solve a problem was to try to find a story that matched the problem, which is um, like, and, and I told her, well, people that are good at math, get rid of the story. And she goes, what? You know? <laughs> by the time I only saw the one time, but by the time we were done, she realized if I want to put the work in, I can learn math now. Cause it was, it, you know, it wasn't like we, you know, as a researcher, everything's genetic, you know, which it's some things are, a lot of things aren't. And um, as you know, and um, so she's thinking like, what's wrong with me that I can't do this? And they go, nothing wrong with you. You're just not using the right thinking patterns. So in NLP, we are talking about the neurology on a physical level, but also just the conscious and unconscious patterns of thinking, which is why NLP sometimes can be so magical because sometimes it's just a matter of a swapping out a pattern, you know, or putting in a new one, and all of a sudden, problem's gone. Even when it's a phobia or low self-esteem, very often there's there's beliefs and programming, but there's patterns of thinking that are creating the problem. So how do you get into when you're working with the energetic NLP? And I've just got to say it. I, they're, so I have a team on the other side. They're kind of laughing at me yes. because I always kind of... I'm fine with math, but I know I could be a lot better. And that's something I've always said. So I don't know if you know much about uh, Metatron is someone who is deals with math on the other side. So that's one of the people I have helping me a lot. with Metatron. It's always a, a funny thing. Haha. <laughs> Thanks for sending me the one I need. <laughs> but they just, they're just saying for you doing, how did you make that? How do you take NLP using the energetic 
point to mm-hmm. find the parts that people are getting stuck on or finding those that point where you had found with the stories with her with the math how do you hone in on finding that well in nlp it's a whole system where the linguistic part comes in is people are revealing a lot of it both in their verbal language and in their body language and in their eye movements in you can ask them questions. Um, uh, so one thing we work with a lot is how people structure time in their mind. Mm. And, you know, we never think about this, but we have an unconscious coding system. So when you think of something you believe, you know you believe it. When you think of something you doubt, you know you doubt it. If you think of something a year ago, you know it was a year ago. And, you know, we never ask us, well, how do I know that? And there's like a, an unconscious coding system and. In NLP, we call them submodalities. Uh, the modalities being visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Submodalities are distinctions within that, and you can um, both by observing them and their language, but by asking questions, you can find out how they code things. So, for instance, um, I was giving a talk one time, and a woman was wearing this neck brace, and she looked really uncomfortable. She looked like she was enjoying the talk, but she looked really uncomfortable. <laughs> and at the end. I went up to her and I went, you know, I really appreciate your hanging in there because you know, I can see you're uncomfortable. And she goes, oh, I, I was in a bicycle accident and I just can't relax. And I asked her a few questions. And what people do often with some kind of physical, in, uh, physical injury or illness is in their mind, they keep putting it in the present. Hmm. So the body keeps reacting to it as if it's happening right now. And I could see by her eye movements and the way she was talking that she kept putting it in the present. So I just showed her how to put it in the past. And she relaxed so quickly, she literally almost fell out of her chair. Wow. <laughs> and I go, the reason you can't relax is your mind keeps, when you think of it, puts it in the present. So your body's in, it's fighting. It's not healing. I mean, it's healing, but not like it could. Right. And, and, um, and the way... <clears throat> people organize time very often is it'll um the mental images you have will seem to have a location so very often the past is behind you and the future is in front of you or some people organize time out in front of them and typically uh, uh to the left is uh the past then the present and then the future in how and and, and it gets more complicated than that but those are the simplest forms right Time, and, time is very, there's a lot to time. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, but how you organize it, and, and it comes across in people's language too, like people go, well, can't you just put it behind you? Well, mm-hmm. if it's in front of you, you can't put it behind you. And so you can learn to, to move it around. Having it in front of you allows you to plan more and see cause effects over time. Having it behind you in the in the future in front of you allows you to be more in the moment and put things behind you but it's not so good for planning the future because very often people can't see the future very far because it's that makes sense and some people (laughs) cheat they they tilt it up and they can see the future and but this this is where nlp is so fascinating is all these things you never thought about and you can take things like how do people package grief in their mind and how do they package acceptance and you can um uh, it, it's kind of like if I held up a wine bottle and a soda bottle, even from a distance, you know, well, that's wine, that's soda. Right. But 
So your mind has these codes, but it, but it'd be like if you poured the soda into the wine bottle, it now becomes wine. So if somebody's in grief about something, it will have certain packaging, both the visual, the auditory, and the kinesthetic part. If they're accept in acceptance, it'll be different packaging. And I had just learned this technique once, and somebody referred to me a client again back in the 80s, and I hadn't even tried it on anybody yet, where you take somebody who's in grief and you have them repackage images of the person into acceptance. And this woman was uh, referred to me and her son had died when he was 17 in a fishing accident, you know, really terrible. But that was 13 years ago. And she goes, I'd like to be able to think of him without crying, you know? And um, uh, we did a few different things, but the main thing we did is I taught her how to repackage his images. And after that, everybody thought I was some big grief expert. <laughs> you know? And I, I'm literally doing it like a cookbook and I'm thinking in my mind, step one, step two. <laughs> So, but you so know, the thing is, when people are in grief, they can't see a way out. They really need someone to show them a way out. And I think that's something for you to be able to do that for that person is huge. It's a huge step for them. Well, one of the, the great things about NLP is they, um, and we deal with the past in NLP, but if traditional psychology was all focused on the past. NLP, <laughs> the people started NLP went, well, no matter how you got the way you are, you have to recreate it. So if you have low self-esteem, you have to recreate. You have to re <laughs> recreate it every time you're feeling low self-esteem. If you have a bridge phobia, you have to recreate it. So the first thing we look at is how are you recreating it? And sometimes that's all you need to change. And then there may be things you have to deal with in the past, and and there are techniques where we do that. But very often you just need to break the pattern that keeps recreating the problem over and over and over. Um, but again, the, the weakness in NLP, again, is just thinking that it's all internal. So, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody came to me with, and I was gesturing NLP for anxiety, we do all kinds of stuff and it would help. But from an energy perspective, the first thing I do is let's clear other people's anxiety energy out of your space. And sometimes that's all you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because people carry it and don't even realize it they don't and you know well, and you you had talked about you know the generational societal all that it comes on we don't even yeah. realize what we're doing on an energetic standpoint because we're so used to doing it it's just programmed into us you do it this way you don't realize you're taking it on until someone like you comes in and says you need to take a step back and look at what you're doing and it's like oh didn't even know I was doing it. Uh, uh, that is so true. And and then with all the wonderful things that science does, what I used to love as a researcher is people trying to make everything genetic. And mm -hmm. my favorite story around that is when they study identical twins who are separated at birth, and there'll be these parallels in their lives, and people will try to find a genetic component. I'm going, I remember this two uh, brothers had never known each other. They both had the same kind of job and they both married women named Kathy, something like that. And I'm thinking, you don't seriously believe there's a gene that says marry a woman. <laughs> you know, it's like, there, there's not um, a gene like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, at what point are you going to go, this just doesn't explain everything. <laughs> yeah. a lot, but not a lot. And so people will very often think, um, 
they're anxious because it's genetic, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying you don't look at physical factors on anything, of course, but, um, but uh, we're absorbing energies when we're in the womb and we're absorbing them from our parents and the people around because we love them. And because we realize if the giants aren't in good shape, we're in trouble. So <laughs> our spirits like absorbing their stuff. And then somebody goes, I'm 50 years old and I'm anxious and I've always been anxious and I meditate and I do this and I can control it. But I think it's just genetic. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen where people come in with that, the mentality that it must be genetic? I don't know if you can really do anything. Have you seen them where you're showing them a different side to things and, and showing them what is possible? Have you seen the shifts in those people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... They feel it, you know, like, I'll, you know, I'll say, like, how about if we take other people's anxiety energy out of your space? And and for I know you know this, but for everybody else, um, you can handle your authentic emotions. What you can't handle often or not handle well is other people's emotional energies. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, and, and that's where it gets to be a problem. So. Um, uh, that when they they'll notice all of a sudden they feel really different you know so i mean i guess if they're not open to it at all they wouldn't have an appointment with me or wouldn't come to me right right they, they wouldn't you follow their intuition to find you yeah but um <laughs> but uh it in I, I used to do a lot of work in corporations of executive coaching and stuff and i would use energy work with them but i would explain it all psychologically and which is also true, you know, I'd have them do processes that were metaphorical and um, and legitimately were working psychologically, but the bigger thing was happening energetically, you know, and 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 just so people know everything I do with people is permission based, but it doesn't have to be conscious permission. So if their spirit says it's OK. And of course not an accident they'd end up with me <laughs> right right you know and that's that's the biggest thing is when you're working with someone you can always ask you don't have to ask here you know on the yeah. physical but asking on that spiritual level is this okay with that person if i work on that energetic level and a lot of times you'll hear the, oh yeah we're ready to go <laughs> yeah and like as you know sometimes it's like no like, yeah, and, and and that's true. Sometimes it is no, and it's like, okay, well, then we'll just back off. We'll just do the regular, and we're good to go. But it, it's trusting your intuition when you're working on yeah. that level to do that. So as you worked on, because you worked with coaching, you help with different you know organizations, you, you did that for quite a few years. How is that? Is that a lot different now? Or are you just able to speak more of exactly more of what you're doing when you're working more with the NLP than you did just on the coaching? Is there a big difference between them on that aspect? Well, most of the corporate work I did, they weren't hiring me as an energetic NLP person. Right. And so uh, I it never felt like it was appropriate to force my beliefs on them. You know, I used everything, you know, and often the end of meetings, people go, well, that was really magical or we thought that'd be harder. And I go, yeah. And occasionally <laughs> I'd get busted. Somebody would get me privately and go, I know what you're doing. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I wasn't, there, there were two things. One is that I wasn't advertising myself that way. And the other is when it's a publicly traded corporation, they'll get 
raked over the coals in the press if they if, if it's public. I mean, I was giving a, a, I gave a workshop in London one time, and a reporter for the Times of London, which is the big paper, it's like the New York Times, right. for the, and um, <laughs> they're probably going, no, the New York Times is like us, but, uh, <laughs> but um, probably in the talk she goes, I loved it. I got so much out of it. I'd love to write about it, but they won't print it unless I rip you up, and I don't want to rip you up, so I'm not going <laughs> to write about it. Um, so, you know, and, and with a publicly traded corporation, there is a lot, like in Silicon Valley here, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, everybody, it's an open secret. People use psychics and healers and astrologers, right. but but they do it on their own. They don't use the company money. <laughs> right, know? right. You know, so, and th that kind of harkens back to the, like you said, you kind of felt like you had to draw back, protect yourself just as far as it, it was, it's not accepted completely all over yet. And it certainly wasn't accepted widely, like more like it is now than right. in, like the 80s, 90s, the 2000s. It's, it wasn't accepted. And even now it's, it, it's on the fringe. <laughs> it's on the fringe, but oh, it's getting better. <laughs> yeah, like say, if it's a private company, it's different. But if they're if they have stock, you know, publicly traded right. stock, they'll the, the reporters will go nuts, you know, attacking them. And it and there's even one politician I, I've been working with, and she's you know, would probably be public about, it, but I'm going no, right? <laughs> it's oh <lovely>. yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I get what you're saying, <laughs> because it's like there's people I'll work with and they're like, but nobody else can know. And I'm like, oh, nothing's coming from here. So you're safe. <laughs> so it's funny is, is it was well known that Ronald and, and Nancy Reagan used astrologers and psychics and everything a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. They had one on hand all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but again, it was kept kind of quiet. I think it came out more after they were out of office than it was when they were in what it didn't come out when they were in office, but afterwards, no. then no. you found that they were there all the time. They had some favorites they had. So <laughs> absolutely. So and if somebody comes up to you and says, so what are the things they, so my team's saying, you got to back up. What are some of the things people come to you for to, to get clarity on? Well, there's sort of two main groups of people I work with. One group are people, they, well, they all want personal and spiritual development, either because they're problems they want to take care of, but a lot of them are people like you and me. They're like flowers. It's like, how do I blossom? How do I, you know, <laughs> just what's next? What's next? Yeah, what's you know, next? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, more light, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, but but all of them want personal spiritual development. Some of them also want to learn how to do energetic NLP. And those are my longer training programs. And then I have both uh, group sessions, private sessions, but I have recorded online programs uh, that are topic specific, like um, uh, clearing ancestral programming, offering your gifts to the world, which is about um, uh, freeing up blocks to being successful in your career or business. Experiencing self-love, experiencing divine love, you know, um, uh, I have an advanced chakra program. So I've I've topic-specific ones, and then I have ones where people are longer and more general. Um, so a, a longer way of saying they come for all kinds of different reasons, but but they 
they all want to just grow and develop, you know, and they all have this sense of like, I was meant for more, there's more to me. And again, some of them see it kind of like when I was stuck, like, they're, you know, why am I stuck? But others of them are just, they've done a lot of personal spiritual work and they're just looking what's next. So a, a lot of people I get are, I, I get newbies, but I get a lot of people that are, have done a lot of work, they've gotten a lot out of it, but they want to know what's next for them. I like that. And I like the fact with the newbies. So that's something for me, I've been discovering. I'll do expos, I'll do different things and and I'll do speaking engagements and I'll and I'll always ask how many people have never done this before. And it's been averaging around 70 to 80 percent of the people there have wow. never done it. So wow. there's so many new people. And that's mm. something. And I think Sometimes the new people are a little fearful, a little not quite sure what to do. Right. So I think you offering those online courses where they can go on and just explore on their own, where they're not like, oh, I want to do this, but I really don't want anybody to know I'm doing it. This is it's a really good way for them to pop into that experience and learn more about it. So I am super happy you you're offering that because there's so many people that they're not right. quite sure what to do, but this kind of gives them a, a path to explore. And that's something so key, I think, going forward. Oh, I think you're spot on. And and like every Sunday, I do um, something I call change the world from your living room. And it's a world healing meditation, but then everybody gets a personal healing. And so it's a good beginner one. And I have a, a, a series of four little videos to take people through energy processes and, and those are all free things to give people a chance to experiment. Because, yeah, there, there's so much fear around it because that it's programmed into us for a number of reasons. I mean, pretty much every group is authoritarian on, on some level. Yeah. And they, so we're programmed, you know, don't, don't find your own truth, find our truth. And, and even parents are doing a lot to their kids. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I mean, you know, parents don't want their kids to know but they're, you know, they, they want their kids to think every, they're, they're safe and the parents are stable and everything. So, I mean, so we're, we're constantly in this program, like, see what I want you to see, not not the rest. And a, right. a lot of it's well-intended. Some of it's about power, but a lot of it, the intention behind it is pure. But then we need to keep clearing out that programming. And then there's, uh, I'm sure you get a lot of people like I do that, have had past lives where like, ooh, they got in trouble. <laughs> Either they misused their power or got burnt to the stake or something, or ostracized. <laughs> so, you know, people come with a lot of, and I, I know I had a lot of that, kind of like. I did you know, too. You know. You're, I, afraid I used... to, you're afraid to speak because before you were taken to task for speaking. So why would you want to speak now? Yeah, I, I used to have this belief that if I was really out there, I would get martyred in some way, not necessarily killed, though that would be a possibility, but but some kind of ostracization, martyrdom. And a, a really good friend of mine named John Friedlander has written a number of really good books on spirituality and psychic development. One time he goes, do you actually see that happening this lifetime? And I went, well, no, now that you mention it, no. And he goes... Well, maybe you can start dropping that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't think that's the the plan for this life. 
besides, I think we can change it. But it was clear to me, like, yeah, I don't think I'm doing the martyrdom thing this time around. Been there, done that. Thank you very much. But it's so ingrained. It's really, you don't even realize it's there. I mean, like you said, the sub the subconscious beliefs you have underneath it, you have no clue. You have no clue they're there until you start really looking and really asking the questions. So I think that's really key as we go forward. In clearing the past life energies, because a lot of those unresolved lifetimes, those are the energies that are sticking around, you know, you know. And the other one I find with people a lot, and I'm sure you do too, is um, that they feel like they misuse their power. Yeah. So they're to be powerful again, that they'll um, either, not either deliberately or poor decisions or something. I mean, I memories of a past life where uh, somehow or another, I caused a storm and it caused a mudslide and it destroyed a lot of the village. So they killed me. <laughs> Not a very pleasant way. I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> it was accidental. You know, that happens sometimes. <laughs> but we carry that guilt with us and, yeah. and sometimes put us in situations somewhat similar or similar feeling in this lifetime. And I think that's where that a lot of that is brought up is we're in similar. I mean, we didn't do it specifically that time this way, but similar situations that bring that up, emotional situations that bring that up. Well, and I think part of it too is, and I'll tell my students, it's it's those of us that have a little afraid of increasing our power are the ones who need to do it. Yeah. It's the people that, I could mention some politicians, but um, it's the people that aren't afraid of that that we need to worry about. And I have, I have a mantra I have my students uh, uh say or affirmation mantra that my power is increasing and my wisdom to use it well is increasing even more rapidly i like that so it's not holding back the power it's increasing the wisdom absolutely i think that's very important for people to know and, yeah. and to realize they don't have to worry about abusing their own power or abusing the power they're using but doing it with more knowledge behind it i think that's really key so I, you, you, when you, when somebody contacts you for the NLP session, what does that entail and what do you do with them? And, you know, kind of what does a session look like for you? Are they each one different or, I mean, I, I know what the, the basics on some of them obviously are different, but. Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, find out what's on their mind, you know, and then, yeah. um, you know, ask them questions to understand it better. And then even more importantly, read their energy on it. And then um, sometimes uh, it's more NLP-ish. So sometimes I work with people and I hardly say anything. Because yeah. if, if the blocks uh, are, are changing just energetically, then you know people always want to talk about it. And I go, well, you're, you're just bringing the energy back. So if you're done with it and it would leave, there's nothing more to learn to do. You're, you're done with it. So just let it go. Other times, uh, I call them learn dues. That their spirit won't let something change until they learn something or do something. Yeah. And then in that case, then we definitely get into the content of it. The other time is if they, um, uh, if it's not just unconscious program, but if they actually have a, a conscious limiting belief. So I had a conscious limiting belief that I would get martyred. 
So that needed to be worked on because if I didn't have that, then you just, you do a whole other thing. But so depending on the person, what's going on, sometimes we work on the conscious beliefs. Sometimes it's all energetic and usually it's some kind of mixture. Sometimes I do NLP processes, but uh, often with a whole energetic side to them that transforms them. I'm always like clearing karma, spiritual contracts, clearing other people's energy out. Uh, oh, well, one thing left out, one of the major things. There's a concept unique to energetic NLP that I always do with everybody. It's called your miraculous self, your miraculous self, which is not the same as your high self. A lot of people mush them together. Um, and your miraculous self is when your spirit with its vast awareness and your deep inner human wisdom with its very practical awareness come together and align to guide you, nurture you, heal you, and help you manifest. And a lot of times people go, well, aren't they automatically aligned? And the answer is no. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I should explain what I mean by the word spirit. Um, because people use spirit and soul differently. What I'm calling the spirit are the higher frequencies of your non-physical self. And your soul, what I call the soul, are lower frequencies of your non-physical self. Not lower as inferior, but literally lower. And you can think of it as the soul being closer to the crown and the spirit being higher up. And what I'm calling the soul, the way I see it, it, it's a lot like your conscious and unconscious mind. It has issues. It has, you know, it's the one going, oh, that worked out badly in that other lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I used to wonder why people talk about damaged souls and soul retrieval. But I was thinking of what I would now call the spirit. I'm thinking, well, your spirit can't be damaged, but your soul can. <laughs> you know? um, and so the miraculous self is when your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom come together. The the incompleteness of just having your spirit guide you, in my opinion, is uh, the way I see the spirit, it's kind of like the perfect parent. It's going whatever you want, dear, because it sees all kinds of things as legitimate spiritual choices. So, you know, your to your spirit, um, you know, it, it can go, well, you, you want to have abundance? That's a valid spiritual path. You want to struggle? That's another valid spiritual path. And I'll help you with whatever, you know, whichever ones you choose. And I like how you just said that you can have the abundance or the struggle, but either one is a spiritual path for you. That's, that's something I don't think a lot of people realize you can have either one and it's either one will serve you either way. It just depends what you want to do with it. Yeah, they're all spiritual paths to some of them are incredibly unpleasant. Exactly. Um, and what you want to move on to that as quick as possible. <laughs> Where you're deep in your human wisdom, it's wise, but it's also, you can go to your spirit like, yeah, I know they're both valid spiritual paths, but can we have a nicer one? You know, and they though, and and I don't mean to try to avoid having any problems or challenges in life, right? But but a lot of problems and challenges we don't need to have. Right. And um, and when your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom are working together. You're guided, you're nurtured, you're healed, you're supported. You avoid all kinds of problems. When you are challenged, you you feel the guidance and support. So it changes the whole nature of, of the challenge when you have that foundation under you. So in energetic NLP, the first thing I have people do is create the miraculous self. 
and then consciously they set their intentions for the session and then they add the words or better so that um you know because your miraculous self may have better ideas than you do and we can't um, even pick up the ideas they have they're really good at it (laughs) they're great at it And, and often we're asking for this and yeah, you know, like people think, oh, I want a certain person who would be wrong for them, you know, um, you know, and all that. So you set your intentions, but you give permission for it to be something better. Then you give permission to receive the benefits, because often people have a clear intention. That doesn't mean there's permission to receive. And permission in energetic pizza has a number of facets to it that I can get back to. But the first part is conscious permission. Then, so you have your intention or better, conscious permission. Then you you give permission for your miraculous self to be in charge of, of how those intentions get fulfilled. And then the fourth thing that we always do is imagination. And when, um, what happens a lot of times is people, when they're in the, a process, they're going, is it working? Is it not working? Should I be thinking something profound? Should I be seeing neon angels? Oh my God, I'm thinking about my laundry. You know, am I doing it right? You know, I, I, I feel good. Should I feel good? I feel bad. You know, we're getting all that analysis. And um, so I ask people when the processes are going on, pretend that they're working. You don't even need, you don't need to believe that they're working. Just pretend that they are. Because when you pretend that they are, you open portals and doorways for your unconscious mind and your miraculous self to do miracles. And then later you can analyze it. So everything in energetic company is intention, permission to receive, permission for the miraculous self to be in charge, and then just using your imagination and pretending it's working. And um, so when I work with people, then I get the energy flowing for them, but their miraculous self decides what to do with it. And uh, we, I'll probably get sued sometime. We call it M&Ms. So um, what I teach and what I do is my miraculous self is in communication with their miraculous self, and they figure out what to do together. Their miraculous self is in charge, but they plot together, if you will. Right. And then when I bring energies in, it's their miraculous self that dissolves what karma to release, what spiritual contracts to change, what um, uh, limiting beliefs and programming to change. And then we let a download come in from the miraculous self of wisdom and knowledge and concepts and skills, abilities, attitudes, and behaviors to replace what was released. And then we always have the person fill up with more of their essence and supportive energies. Because a lot of talented energy workers, they'll they'll clear people's energy, but they don't fill them back up. I was just going to say, I'm so happy to hear that because I hear that so many times. They got rid of stuff, but what did you put in its place? <laughs> and I, I only know a couple of quotes from Aristotle. One is, nature abhors a vacuum. So that if you leave space, something is going to fill it. So we don't want something to fill it. Yeah, that is true. Make sure you're filling it with what you want and not just something that falls in its place. Because something will fall in there. Absolutely. <laughs> and another thing that's different than how most people work, we don't talk about positive and negative energies. Um, because, yeah, I know you understand this. Um, because that's I'm really thing. liking this. I'm really liking this. <laughs> yeah, I think we're very kindred spirits. Um, and um, 
But what we do instead is we go, energies are either yours or they're not yours. If they're not yours, they're helpful or not helpful in this point in time. So you don't have, because as soon as you call them negative, people get resistance to it. And, and a lot of times, they, anyways, it's, it's, it's a whole. It's a whole uh, connotation people take on positive, negative, negative is bad, negative is evil, right. negatives, I, I have to run away from it. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Uh, and, and the other thing we go is, if it is your energy, it either belongs in present time or it doesn't. So old, painful, emotional energies don't belong here. You know, they belong wherever they belong. So, um, um, and, and then one more thing that's that I think is unique about energetic NLP, and, and for everybody, when I say unique, I'm not saying no one else in the world does it, but I'm not aware of people doing it in this way is that permission isn't just a conscious thing. And um, so when people visualize what they want, first, it was like, well, it's all conscious. Then people are going, oh, you've got to include the unconscious mind. But to me, whole being permission alignment involves your spirit, your soul, your conscious mind, all the different parts of your unconscious mind and your body all have to line up. And then your karma and your spiritual contracts have to allow it. So whole being permission alignment is when you line up your spirit, your soul, your conscious mind, all the parts of your unconscious mind, your body. And then you uh, uh, work with your karma and your spiritual contracts, again, to allow that. So my team is just showing me a, a visual in my head. They're uh -huh. saying what you're explaining is almost like when people visualize the chakras, how everything is together, everything works together, everything is connected in some way. They're just saying what you're explaining is like chakras in a way, as as far as not the chakra energetic, but as a yes. visual for people who can't who don't quite get it. Think of the chakras. Each of those that you just mentioned is like a point on a chakra, which is helping you to come together as one. Oh, I like that. And and that's one of the things and I, I like that you're using the chakras as an example, because a lot of people, they'll focus on, oh, love, it's your heart chakra. Oh, power, it's your third chakra, where, as you know, it's a system and everything's affected. You know, I compare it to the physical body. So your stomach may hurt. Well, it may be something, the symptoms there, but it could be an issue with your stomach. It could be a gland. It could be your nervous system. It could be your breathing. It could be you're not sleeping enough. So that everything's affecting everything. So, yeah, I, I like that using chakras as an example. And they're, they're just saying that for you working with this and letting people understand there's more than just, and a lot of people get stuck in the chakras. They're just kind of bringing up a lot of people get stuck in the chakras where it's just the chakras. And there's so much more beyond that. Right. And as you work more with chakras, you understand there's there's more light beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. And they're saying what you're describing is the same beyond, beyond, beyond. And for people to realize there's so much more. And I think that's something I'm excited to share about you is there's so much more. And one thing they're going to back me up to, though, is you talked about the armchair. Was it that the armchair uh, meditations you do oh, or from the coach? Change the world from the living room. <laughs> That's it. I was like, I have it wrote down. I'm like, I don't know where I wrote it down. But and... armchair works, yeah. <laughs> so why did you start that? 
I actually, I, I started it, then I stopped it. I originally started it when Obama was first running for president. And, um, and there are a lot of wonderful peace meditations. And what I was shown to do was something different. Um, in the change world, well, there's two things that are different about it. One is in, uh, th these are things I know you'll totally get, that you know, the old idea was, oh, if you do something good, you shouldn't benefit from it, then it's not yeah. really good. You know, and all this stuff that I think, who made up those rules? It's like, if somebody helps me, I'm really happy if it somehow helps them too, you know? It's like- Absolutely. So, so one aspect of them is that um, we do a world healing meditation and then everybody gets a very powerful personal healing because I want people to get like, it's, you know, it's a really good thing to be rewarded for doing something good. Um, yes, <laughs> not not as bad to be rewarded because I think that's part of the programming. Is it's bad to be rewarded? You shouldn't have anything for what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really a noble thing unless nobody knows you did it. And I go, well, if nobody knew that Bill Gates gave away all those billions of dollars, other billionaires wouldn't have done it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not that I'm saying he's a role model, but in that he was. Um, um, but the other part of it is rather than a peace meditation. In the meditation, we help people all over the world connect to their miraculous selves. And we're not telling them what they should do. They, and we, we send out a signal that anybody who wants this, we help them connect to their miraculous selves so that they're more guided in their decisions and actions. And the belief is if they're more guided, they will naturally make decisions and take action that are better for them, the people they care about, their countries, and the world. So. I don't think it's my place to tell people what they should do, you know, and um, there are even things like, yes, we all want peace. Um, does that mean I think they should have let Hitler overrun Europe? I mean, you know, it's not that simple. Right, know? right. And, it's it's, and it's offering that guidance to whoever's there to bring that about. And you don't know how that's going to come about. None of us right. really do. But to offer that energetically to the world that whoever's there, who's ever going to be in place to bring that about, that extra support for them. Because honestly, there's days, I mean, you and I both do a lot of work where most people don't contact us because they're having a really good day. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> and and so you have all this coming in and it's it's knowing there's a lot of people out there in other positions all around the world that also aren't maybe having the best of days. But to know there's support there, that energetic support where they feel it. And that's something with energy, you asking for it or not. And and it's, it's the time when things feel like everything's coming down on you. And all of a sudden you just have this, this spark of hope within you that's coming from energy that's out there and is available to us. And, and to offer that and do that in a group setting like that, I think is so very important, especially now. And, uh, and something you might appreciate this. Um, so, you know, for years, I, I, you know, I have these video on-demand programs and I'll tell people, if you imagine it's happening, like when people watch this recording, you imagine it's happening while you're watching it, you'll feel the energies and you'll, you'll access them. And so the Change the World program, kind of the best day to do it was Sundays. I have a lot of people in Europe and stuff too. And, but I thought, I don't want to every Sunday morning have to get on the camera, you know, and, and all that. And sometimes I'm traveling. And 
So what I do is they're watching a video, but I'm, I am real-time meditating in the background. But that way, even if I don't have an internet connection or if I don't have a good one, or if I don't feel like, you know, looking sparkling for the camera on a Sunday morning or if I'm traveling, <laughs> oh, we can do it every Sunday. And I'm always meditating and working with the people. But so they're getting the energy from the video, which is considerable in and of itself. And, and I'm working in the background, but I don't actually have to <laughs> be on camera. And it's working really well. We, we generally get about 140 people each Sunday and, you know, different people. And, um, well, I mean, some of the same people and new people and uh, people tell me it's one of the highlights of their week and energy is really strong and it's easy for me. <laughs> and I'll tell them like, if I had to actually be on camera every Sunday, it's like, no, I don't want to be on camera every Sunday morning. That would make it more like work and you want to, you yeah. want to bring your best self to it, which is doing it from that energetic standpoint and you know with everything that went crazy in the world i was so excited to see everything happen and all the benefits that's coming from it like this i we would never have been able to do an interview before unless we flew or you know to to meet up somewhere there was just no way but these are the benefits of the changes that are going on and we've only scratched the surface of all the benefits that are there. And I think so many people forget to look at the benefits instead of, and they're always, they're concentrating on that worst case and what was, what other things that happened. It's like, scratch it and look for the, look at all the benefits that have been there. It's amazing. Uh, I love to hear you say that. And I always some people that, you know, yes, we have real problems and we should honor them. Do you have any sense of history? I mean, Look at the 20th century. It was one nightmare after another. You know, people forget. I mean, you know, millions and millions and millions of people being killed regularly, you know, pretty much every decade, you know, um, and people starving all over the world. And, and um, you know, and it, like I, I had to have shoulder surgery a few years ago from a rather dramatic accident and um, ripped off a few tendons. That's not good. <laughs> I just had to go to a high school reunion with my week after my operation with my arm and I you know, you want to look good for you. We just talk of the town. We had another reunion, but it's going, oh, you don't have that sling anymore. And I go, um, that would have been a long recovery. Yeah. But um, yes, I, I know I can't think about no, of course not. But um, but when it would start bothering me, I you know, because it's not really a sling, your your arm has to be out in this rigid position. And when it would start bothering me, I would honor that. And then I would like start petting it like a cat or a dog and going, you're my friend, you're protecting me, you're healing me, you know, and going, shut up, Art, and be grateful. I mean, you know, it's only recently that you could have shoulder surgery. And still, most people, in the, well, tons of people in the world couldn't even get it now. Right. But all the human history, I would have just had, you know, been somewhat, I mean, I could use my arm, but it was but I would have been much more limited in for the last, you know, however many hundred thousand years people have been around. So there's just so many wonderful things. And I think it's important to honor and deal with the problems, but also, I mean, I can go to my kitchen and turn on the tap and get water. I, I still look in England. If, if you would have had that injury 50 years ago or a hundred years ago, yeah. you 
would have been living with a debil debilitating yeah. part of your body that you would have not had use over like you can now. It's it's amazing that we're living in a time where so much is possible. It's, it's yeah, and like uh, back in the seventies, my brother lived in Japan for three years, and I never called him. I mean, it was too expensive. I would record cassettes <laughs> and mail them, and he'd record cassettes and mail them back to my mom and I. Now, my clients are all over the world all the time you know it's like it is it is amazing to me and i know we had relatives in in germany and we would write back and forth and it was you'd write a letter and it's two weeks to get it over there they'd read it and it's two weeks back and now it's like you know you pop on and like hey how are you doing today have, have a great day it's like it's it, what's possible and how we can communicate i think is absolutely amazing and i think if more people put their focus on what's right with the world, there'd be a lot less wrong with it. Oh, I agree. I agree. And and, and I know you mean this, we're not talking about ignoring what's wrong, but, right. but like have gratitude for the incredible good things. And um, um, I remember one time, so I live mostly in the Hollywood Hills, but part-time San Francisco. And I was on the Bay Bridge and it was like bumper to bumper traffic. And I'm, irritated and I'm going to be late. And I thought, well, why is there bumper to bumper traffic? Oh, because I live in a, a country where even people like me can afford to have a car. <laughs> so like, just shut up and be grateful, Art. But it really takes a shifting of your perspective, a shifting yeah. of your energy to get to that point where you're starting to look at it differently. And I think that's something with what you're doing really helps people have that shift in perspective, that shift in energy, because everybody's drawn to something different. That's why there's so many different people doing so many different aspects today. And it's because everybody's drawn to something different and you're right. going to draw in the people who are like, this is going to work for me because we're all built differently inside. We have all different things going yeah. on all the time. So we're going to be drawn to someone like, oh, that really resonates with me. Follow your intuition and contact. <laughs> I'm just like, in, I mean, between YouTube and, you know, and the AI and stuff now, I mean, the information you can get instantly. I mean, you go on YouTube and I mean, there's, junk too but there's some of the best experts on any subject in the world <laughs> and people like you people like me you know that you know it's like uh, it's astounding <laughs> it's at your fingertips now which i mean i remember you had to you know you had your encyclopedias at home and that's how you did your homework you had to look through there but that's all you had was that and now you have access to every expert in the world like you said how much better can it get? And it's like, I know it's going to get better, but it's like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, it's just so important to have that gratitude. And um, and a lot of NLP is about, it's one of the big techniques in NLP, we call it reframing, is being able to change your outlook on something in a way that, you know, and not in a nonsense way, but, um, but in a way that is empowering. Because almost everything... Well, the corporate teams I would work with, um, sometimes they'd hate each other before we'd meet. And I would have interviewed everybody ahead of time. And what I discovered really rapidly was the real problems were never the behaviors they were complaining about. The real problems were the meanings, what people thought it meant. Yeah. 
in that um and that's what get would get them so unresourceful and riled up and insulted and we would get teams of people together and get them to realize that what it meant to the person who did it isn't the same thing it meant to you and so you know and, and once you get through that then you can come to solutions and talk about behaviors but as soon as you think they're an awful person or they're this or they hate me or they're you know it's like um so it was it was amazing after a while just to realize it's and, and this is fundamental to nlp so much of our life is the meanings we put on top of things yes a great deal of which are not true or are limited whether it's about spirituality or human relations or you know and, and with couples all the time you know that a lot of the things like you didn't take out the trash it, it's less about the trash and more about the meanings everybody makes of it and that keeps them from solving the problem. You know? Absolutely. And it, and it just creates a cycle. It's breaking the cycle. And that's something I think with this is, is really helping to break the cycle. And you've also worked, like you've worked with the, the different, you know, businesses. This For people using NLP, uh, there's other people I know within businesses, some, some similar to what we do, others in, in totally different businesses, but they're looking for a way to get themselves unstuck to find those ways is that what you found um helpful with the nlp oh yeah and because you know it, it was funny originally i didn't want to do any work with corporations because i was kind of a you know ex sort of hippie type and until so, well, i don't even like corporations and i mean uh, my kind of hippieish tarot card reading cousin one time went art you know there's a lot of nice people in corporations and they want help. They don't know how to do it. And, uh, and some of it was the baby boomers in general. A lot of it was because of more women. Um, but people were starting, to, uh, it, over time it's become, you can talk about emotions and you can talk about other things. And people were looking, how do we be more productive and get things to work, but also how do we be more human? So I used yeah. to feel kind of like Robin Hood and that I was being, paid to help um not rob them of course but to, but to help change them into into the kind of organizations that the world needed and that I wanted to see them be and and so many people once they know there's another way to do it because people operate out of a lot of um old um you know whether you like him or not um when Elon Musk took over Twitter you know and getting out of all the political sides of it as I used to be involved with mergers of, of different co corporate cultures it's like he pretty much did everything wrong, and it really hurt the company. And this, and and I was watching, this thinking, "Wow, here's a guy who thinks he knows what he's doing because he's brilliant at other things, and he right. has no clue what he's doing. And all he's doing is alienating people, you know, and, and losing some of his best key people. And and you know, I'm sure truly not getting it, you know." Um, <laughs> It's, you know, the, it's the my way or the highway type of mentality. Well, that and just thinking that he was inspiring people when he was like um, doing the opposite. You know? Right, right. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand is how to inspire people, how okay. to reach the people. I think that's more the thing because there's a lot of people who think they're doing it right who and, and i've met different people too and different um business owners and, and they think they're doing it right they're inspiring and they're helping the employees and it's like but they're looking at it a little bit different and they're not seeing 
that they're, they're looking at it differently. And it's just a change of perspective of, of how you're looking at it makes such a big difference. I was working with this CEO once, really nice guy. And he goes, well, I know I need to involve my leadership team more in decisions so there'll be more buy-in. And I went, but time out. <laughs> no, that's not the main reason to do it. The main reason to do it is if you actually have good people and they're informed, they should be able to contribute to the decisions. <laughs> and he yes. went, all right. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was a good guy. He just, you know, had been taught like, oh, you need to do it so they'll buy into what you want. <laughs> and I no, think no. you have a really good point. A lot of them are really good people, oh, but yeah. they're, they're just, they just don't, they haven't seen it from the other perspective yet. And once you see it, they're like, oh, I didn't, didn't see it. I, I worked once with a, a Swiss pharmaceutical company had taken over one of the first and best biotech companies in the U.S. that was a Silicon Valley company. So Silicon Valley, they were all, you know, free form and and Swiss were what you would think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared <laughs> that it's not true. And, um, and so they were like clashing like crazy and the team flew over from Switzerland. And, and there's one woman in particular, really nice woman, tough. And they thought she was going to be really trouble. And we accomplished in one, it was a two day meeting, but in the one day we accomplished what they thought was going to take them six months to a year. And it was all about getting them to see the other people's perspective to the point where they were laughing when they realized how the other team was seeing them, you know, and, and, and the truth and not truth in it. And then they came together and they figured they solved everything. (laughs) Love it. First go, what is this like? from their side, you know. You know, and that's, I think, with your experience and your working with energy for so many years in the, as I say, in the closet and out of the closet. Right, yes. (laughs) So I think that's a testament to how much that energy, how it's been working and how you've evolved and changed. Like you said, your beliefs today may not be the same tomorrow because we're always evolving. We're always changing. We're always growing and you're just adding in. And I, I really feel so my team on the other side is saying that um, they're just they're just wanted you to know you're doing such a, a good job. They're called, they're saying you're doing a fine job keeping up ahead of the energy of most people. So you're there to help the people that are coming up right behind you. So they're just saying you're doing a fine job tapping into all of that. That. That makes me all warm. Um, no, no, I really like that. And and also like that, um, you know, because I'll, I'll be teaching sometimes too. And I'll, sometimes, you know, like I had a group set and I, I started laughing and they're, they're telling me you got it. I can stop talking now. You know, <laughs> I was over explaining something and, you know, my team's going to go, they got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love when that happens. <laughs> Oh, man. So I just wanted to, you had talked about a lot of that, of that part of it. And you had talked about the energy healing that happens just as we're having the conversation. Is there other energy? Can you kind of explain a little bit behind that or any extra you want to add into that? Um, well, I, I mean, on one level, it's simple. It, it's, as you know, once you know how to do remote energy work, it's simple and you know you you can call upon the energies and they come <laughs> you know, and, Absolutely. And, um, even when 
I'm not meaning to do it, you know, at this point, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I'll just start running energy. In fact, a couple of times I've been in other people's class and it's happened twice and they were doing a demonstration. And when they were done, they go, oh, thanks for the help. And I'm going, um, <laughs> sorry. You know, because I would never deliberately interfere. Right. So I kind of like, pull back, let them do it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, remote energy work to me is so much fun. And, and it's so, once you get that it's easy, once you clear the blocks, then it's a matter of, um, I mean, it's really easy. And then like anything else, you can develop it more and more and more. But, you know, I'll, I'll do a two or three day workshop and everybody's doing it at the end. You know, it, it's not, it's again, like we said at the beginning, not a special gift. I mean, I mean, everybody has that special gift in different forms, but everybody has it. And that basically energy follows our thought and, and intentions is an old metaphysical principle. And when you're able to clear and tap in, it just happens. Then the other thing is, is you go through different empowerments and more and more energies are made available to you. But even right from the beginning, people can call upon incredible energy. And that's something, so there just, there was something I was going to cover earlier, but I'm going to bring it up now when you talk about the different energies. You had worked with the Dalai Lama, is that correct? I had uh, two empowerments from him. And how was that and how did that even come about? Well, you know, I always have to tell people, it wasn't like he had me over for tea and we did it. I mean, there were, you know, there were a few thousand people each time. And, and and for anybody, if you ever get a chance to go to one of his empowerments, because mostly he just gives talks, but every now and then he does an empowerment. And in an empowerment, they open up new abilities and energies for you to work with. So one of the empowerments I had is the, the Blue Medicine Buddha, which is healing for yourself and others energies. And then uh, the other one was something called Zochen, which is has to do with enlightenment and and the things that I'm... But the idea is, it's not like... It, they open the door for you, and then you need to work with it if you want to grow it. But um, I remember the first time uh, I'm, I'm watching him, and I, I wasn't at... When was it? I think it was in the 80s, and I wasn't as experienced with energy then. And I'm watching him, these huge arcs of energy coming off him. I'm going like, holy moly. <laughs> you know, and um, and I, I was talking to a friend uh, a couple of days ago that we went to this other empowerment together. And afterwards, we were all just blown away because he can call upon these thought forms, these energies of Tibetan Buddhism that as the Dalai Lama, you can call upon them. And they, they're really, really powerful. And, and again, they're, you know, there's traditional ways that they work with the empowerments, which isn't so much my path. But, um, but the empowerments have really opened things up for me. And then I've worked on it in non-traditional ways <laughs> you've made it your own which everyone should <laughs> yeah and i've worked on it and um you know uh, they'll have all these chants and particular practices you're supposed to do and that that's fine that's just not really my path right um, but i'm very grateful and each time was really life-altering but it's so funny because often people think like maybe there were three of us in the environment <laughs> <laughs> no there were a few thousand of us each time <laughs> 
Well, one of the things I keep hearing from my team is they're just saying they want you to know and me to know that as this conversation is also opening others the same way as their empowerment that you had there. So they want you to understand that. And uh, so one of the things I, your goals and your mission, what is your goals and your missions going forward? Um, Well, the overall one is um, make the world a better place. Partially because I'm a nice guy and partially because I live here. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of both. Um, um, And, and to, So to me, the real joy is helping people open up their miraculous abilities. And I think my superpower is opening up other people's superpowers. And uh, and that's, I mean, I, I love the targeted kinds of things too, but I really love opening up other people's abilities and then mentoring them so that they can do it in a way that's really works for them, is safe and, and life enhancing because you can do personal spiritual development doesn't mean your life gets better automatically. Right. <laughs> but there's a wonderful place called Lilydale in upstate New York. It's an old, oh, yeah. do you know it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I taught a workshop there this summer and there's a lot of very talented, wonderful people. And I mean, they have kind of an old fashioned approach to channeling, but it's still, it's, it's great. But in my opinion, they do things to clear their energy, but I thought it was, really inadequate and you know and wasn't really my place to to tell people um but you know you look at a lot of channelers and healers and a lot of them aren't very healthy right some of them are but and it was same thing was happening to me early on it's like you know i was doing all this great energy work and my clients were getting better i wasn't (laughs) right (laughs) Um, because i was taking on their their stuff and so um, I, I think it's critically important not to just think in terms of clearing energy, but I, I used the term Velcro earlier. So in what I was taught and what I incorporated in energetic NLP is you want to look at what is allowing their energy to stay stuck in my space, heal that, and then not only can you clear the energy, but other energies won't come back to it, and you get the benefits of whatever it is you cleared and worked with, whether it's karma, contracts, um, programming so that because otherwise to me it's like weeding a garden but you just pull off the top of the weeds it's like good analogy i like that (laughs) i mean that early 90s i would go to this i had a great teacher but again certain like any teachers certain things that don't teach you and um um we'd go in every class we he'd do work with us but we'd work on each other so i'd feel great and then as the days went on, I feel worse and worse and worse. And I come back to class, I feel great. As the days went on, you know, because I kept accumulating new energies. In fact, um, <laughs> you know what a chia pet is? Yeah. <laughs> For people who don't know, it was a fad some years ago. That they still like, have them all over. <laughs> they, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> they're like little animals in their, uh, their clay or something. They're porous. And you, you rub them with seeds and you put your feet, their feet in water. And the grass grows out of them and it looks like fur. Um, and I remember this guy starts to give me a healing and he starts laughing. And I go, what's so funny? He goes, because you have so many cords from your clients and students. You look like a chia pet. <laughs> I'm like, 
clear them off. But but again, we didn't know to get the roots. So they just grew back, you know. Right. <laughs> I like that analogy. And I think that's something really good for people to realize and, and to think about and to make it fun. You know, it's really about don't come down so hard on yourself. You know, when you're feeling like you're taking all this on, just stop and go, oh, I'm a Chia pet today. So <laughs> have a laugh and move yourself forward. <laughs> it is so important because the downside of taking personal responsibility is that overly, um, uh, you know, where you, where you end up down on yourself or sometimes, um, you know, you realize that 10 other people were having a similar day. You realize, okay, there was something going on energetically. It wasn't just, yeah. just <laughs> it wasn't just you. <laughs> I remember recently, like I just couldn't get much work done this one day. And, um, and then I talked to other people and a whole number of people I know have all had the same thing the same day, you know, just couldn't really concentrate, couldn't get things done, resisted getting anything done. <laughs> I went, okay, well, at least, you know, I was responding to something that was going on. It wasn't like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think that's something a lot of people, the first thing is what's wrong with me instead yeah. of going, what else is going on? Instead of just looking inward at yourself, because that's our first you know, the, the first thing we do, what's wrong with me? Is that That's our first response, mostly. Right. But we're changing that. <laughs> true, true, well, true. I wanted to thank you so much for being on here, Art. I appreciate it greatly. Is there anything you'd like to talk about or want to cover before we close? I just um, kind of re reiterate that everybody has miraculous abilities. Everybody can have a miraculous life. And um, uh if that interests you, get a great teacher. I've, I've thought about my own life. Other than falling in love, every significant positive change in my life came from a teacher or a workshop. <laughs> nice. And so you know, it's I, true. And when I was younger, I didn't necessarily go think of that immediately. So I really want to encourage people it, and use your intuition and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and talk to people and find somebody who's a good fit for you. But if, if you want to develop these abilities, um, anybody can do it. And it's so much fun. <laughs> I love that. Anybody can do it. I always say, I'm not special. I'm just trying to listen to who I am. That's it. Nothing oh, like special. <laughs> and if everybody listened to who they are, what a great world this will be. Well, I have to tell you, I, I, when I was first learned I could do healing and energy work, I'll tell people, I realized I was one of those special people. Then I realized I wasn't one of those special people because everybody's one of those special people. Everybody's yeah. a special person. And they all have their own unique aspects. And that's what so many people are like, I'm not like that person. I'm like, well, you shouldn't be. You, you're all, we're all unique. Everybody should be different. Man, they'd be like walking in the store and having the exact same thing to pick out every time. There's nothing different. You you want differences. I think that's that's the key to who we are. Having differences makes us unique, makes the world spin and it makes us so much happier and fun. Oh, I, I love that because I remember early on, I, I think, well, so-and-so was better at this in NLP and somebody would be better in energy work and this. And I finally realized people get a unique experience working with me, you know, and, and uh, as, as somebody told me once, he goes, you're the answer to some people's prayers, not everybody's prayers, but some people, and there's 8 billion people on the planet. So there's enough. Yeah. <laughs> you're the answer to their prayers. And that is true. You're going to draw in 
who is meant for you? Who resonates yeah. with you? There's plenty to go around. There's plenty of people. There's plenty, plenty of abundance everywhere. It's not right. a scarcity, which we've been taught it's a scarcity and it's shoved down our throat almost every day. It's a scarcity, <laughs> but it's not. We're so abundant in, in our lives and everything around us. And it's knowing that at a deep spiritual energetic level that draws everything in. I love that. <laughs> Well, thank you, Art. And I am so happy for everyone listening. Please go to his website. It's energeticnlp.com. He's also on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you go on his website, you can click in and he has a free NL energetic NLP blockbuster video mini course. So go ahead and check that out and book a session, talk with Art, join his, join on his, uh, his couch. <laughs> And join him because, and you also have the energetic NLP courses and uh, webinars and the teleseminars. You do those a couple of times a month also. So I'm really encouraging people go to his website, Energetic NLP. Again, the links will all be down below. And I just want to thank you so much, Art, for being here. I appreciate it. And I had so much fun with this interview. <laughs> I had fun. And I love that we're such kindred spirits and, and, uh, thank you for the work you're doing in the world. I, I think it's so important. And I, I love that you do it with such humor and lightness. And I I think that's key. So honored oh, to be on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And for all of you out there, thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it greatly. And if you're, make sure to watch and listen. And if you missed this episode, if you've heard about this episode, and you missed it, or you missed other episodes, go ahead and you can listen to any of the downloadable podcasts afterwards. And also go on my YouTube channel at Angela Zabel Teacher Coach Medium. And you can go there and watch all of the previous episodes along with this one. And I just want to thank all of you for listening, expanding, and amplifying our universe together. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.